if, if you're a sports fan with a, uh, with a team you support, then you know all about loyalty, loyalty. If you grew up in North Carolina or even if you, if you moved here, the chances are you had to choose your loyalty to a particular college basketball team. Or at least you faced pressure to do so. I don't know, maybe you were able to bring your allegiance with you when you moved here. True fans are, are loyal to their team. Passionately so. I mean, a loyal fan will support a team through thick and thin, through the ups and the downs. Loyalty is, is a faithful allegiance or devotion to something or, or someone. Now, real loyalty seems to be harder to find these days. There is more mistrust of people and institutions that used to just take loyalty for granted. And because of our, our consumerist mindset and our consumerist malformation, it can be easy to form allegiances based on what we get out of them. A shallow loyalty based on a kind of what have you done for me lately attitude. When we feel like we, when we aren't getting anything out of it, when we feel like something better comes along, we just jump ship. Maybe we, we don't want to be weighed down with having to, to journey and stick with someone or an organization through the tough times. And this is what we might call a kind of bandwagon loyalty. Loyalty only when things are going well. Now to be clear, on the other extreme, sometimes loyalty can be idolatrous, right? We can be blinded by our loyalty and not see the harm or injustices being perpetuated by another person or group or set of ideas. And we're willing to compromise our identity and believe and tell ourselves all kinds of lies because of this loyalty that has become idolatry. And that's not good either. However, there is a kind of loyalty that is nothing less than transformational and redemptive. A kind of loyalty that, that points us to God. A kind of loyalty that is born of love. A kind of loyalty that we witness in an amazing woman named Ruth. As we continue in our Her Story sermon series today. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that you would take root there, grow us and transform us so that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning for this second sermon in this Her Story series comes from the book of Ruth. I'll be reading from chapter 1. Verses 1 through 22. Listen for God's word. During the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. A man with his wife and two sons went from Bethlehem of Judah to dwell in the territory of Moab. The name of that man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malan and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They entered the territory of Moab and settled there. But Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Then only she was left along with her two sons. 
They took wives for themselves. The name of the first was Orpah, and the name of the second was Ruth. And they lived there for about ten years. But both of the sons, Malon and Chilion, also died. Only the woman was left, without her two children and without her husband. Then she arose along with her daughters-in-law to return from the field of Moab, because while in the territory of Moab, she had heard that the Lord had paid attention to his people by providing food for them. She left the place where she had been, and her two daughters-in-law went with her. They went along the road to return to the land of Judah. Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to the household of your mother. May the Lord deal faithfully with you, just as you have done with the dead and with me. May the Lord provide for you so that you may find security, each woman in the household of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. But they replied to her, No, instead we will return with you to your people. Naomi replied, Turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? Will there be again sons in my womb that they would be husbands for you? Turn back, my daughters. Go, I am too old for a husband. If I were to say that, I have hope. Even if I had a husband tonight, and even more, if I were to bear sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you refrain from having a husband? No, my daughters. This is more bitter for me than for you, since the Lord's will has come out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth stayed with her. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is returning to her people and to her gods. Turn back after your sister-in-law. But Ruth replied, don't, don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following you. Wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me and even more so if even death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. So both of them went along until they arrived at Bethlehem. When they arrived at Bethlehem, the whole town was excited on account of them, and the, woman, the women of the town asked, Can this be Naomi? She replied to them, Don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has returned me empty. Why would you call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has deemed me guilty? Thus Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, returned with her from the territory of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the one thing you have to recognize right away with the story of Ruth is this. These are very hard times for God's people. The story begins uh, by saying, in the days when the judges ruled. This refers to a period in Israel's history before they were an established kingdom. They're in the promised land, yes, but things were not great. In fact, if you read the book of Judges, which comes right before the book of Ruth, it's obvious things are terrible. Israel was constantly having to fight off attacks from neighboring nations. They had abandoned God and lived like the surrounding nations did and just made a mess of things. God kept rescuing them and they kept abandoning God. There's this, this pattern in Judges of, of pleading with God for help in desperate times and then later forgetting all about God. And that goes back and forth over and over again. 
corruption, rape, oppression, war, famine, and disloyalty. Disloyalty. So Ruth's story is set in very bad times. In the midst of bad times, in the middle of a famine, one Israelite family decides to, to migrate to an adjacent territory called Moab. Now, Moab and Israel were not exactly pals. Uh, Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and their two sons go to Moab and they, and they settle there. As if things can't possibly get worse, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies. However, Naomi still has her two sons, and, and they decide to marry Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. Some time goes by, short amount of time relatively, relatively, and then her sons also die. And Naomi is left in a strange land without her husband and without her children. And we think we've had a tough year with COVID. I can only imagine the, the bitterness the pain, the confusion, the fear Naomi must have felt. It, it surely felt like she was abandoned, alone, not even God with her anymore, not in Moab anyway. I mean, where was God's faithfulness? She'd lost everything. To be a widow meant that you had nothing, no property, no income. You were completely vulnerable. But you could get by if you had children. But Naomi had no surviving children, nobody to support her. On top of that, she's old and won't be able to remarry. It would be the equivalent of us not only losing our families, but our jobs, our savings, our retirement, our house, and our hope. Naomi's name means pleasant, but by verse 20, she doesn't even want to be called that anymore. Call me Mara, bitter, because God has made my life bitter. So Naomi decides to, to pack up and leave Moab and go back to Judah. And this is where we see a particularly beautiful kind of loyalty model, a kind of loyalty born of, of love. Naomi tells her daughters-in-law her plan to return to Judah and, and says that they should just stay with their people in Moab. She gives them her, her blessing, they weep together, and they insist on, on coming with her. Naomi tells them again, you know, turn, turn back, like, why, why would you come with me? There's nothing in this for you. I have no more sons for you to marry, you'd be going to a foreign land without husbands, just go, go back. Orpah decides to go back, but Ruth doesn't budge. She doesn't budge. Your sister-in-law is returning to her, her people and to her gods. You should too, Ruth. And then Ruth makes this, this beautiful and amazing statement. And hear, hear it again. Don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do this and more to me if even death separates me from you. Ruth pledges her loyalty and love to Naomi. A commitment that is selfless, sacrificial. 
As a Moabite foreigner in Judah, it's doubtful she'll find a husband. Likely she'll be a social outcast. Nothing to gain and a whole lot to lose. And yet, and yet Ruth returns with Naomi and remains loyal to her. There, there is a Hebrew word for the kind of loyalty that Ruth showed to Naomi. It's called hesed, or more appropriately, chesed, but I'm not going to keep saying it like that for the rest of the sermon because it's harder. <laughs> and, and this word chesed is, is hard to translate because it combines uh, the ideas of love, generosity, and commitment all into one word. Chesed describes an act of promise-keeping loyalty that is motivated by deep personal care or love. Deep personal care or love. And so it perhaps is best translated as a loyal love or loyalty born from love. That's what Ruth demonstrates. Ruth stands totally alone. God has not called her. God has not promised her a blessing. No one has come to her aid. She makes a decision knowing that it might lead to rejection. It might even lead to, to death. She's broken with family. She's broken with country. She's broken with her, her faith that she grew up with. And even sexual allegiance, committing her life to a widowed woman instead of to a search for a husband. With no realistic hope of anything good coming out of it, Ruth shows chesed, loyal love, and joins herself to Naomi no matter what. And notice Ruth's loyalty is not conditional. It's not based on Naomi's worth or status or ability to provide or take care of her. It's an expression of Ruth's character. She's a generous and loving person who keeps her word. She clings to Naomi and will not let go throughout the whole rest of the story. I read a report about something that re remarkable that happened in, in North London this week. Apparently, some people witnessed a man threatening to jump off a bridge. And even though they were complete strangers to one another and to the man, people began to come over to the man, and each person on the bridge held on to a different part of his body, refusing to let him go. Some even tied ropes or took off their belts to wrap around his body and his legs to secure him to the railings until emergency personnel arrived. None of the people are thought to have known each other before this incident, but they all stayed with the man holding on to him, some even embracing him, like hugging him, and not letting go for two hours. That's the image that I was telling you about on your phone if you want to pull it up. The image of this is, is really just stunning to see. Holding on, not letting go. This is a picture of chesed. Here's why chesed, this is why, here's why the kind of loyalty that, that Ruth showed Naomi is so powerful. Here's why Ruth is such a powerful witness for us. Our loyal love points to God and is used by God. Our loyal love points to God and is used by God. I don't know what will happen to this North London man now that, the peop now that people did this for him, but I cannot help but think and hope 
that it will be completely transformational for him. Ruth's chesed certainly was for Naomi. In fact, Ruth's chesed is a means by which God's chesed transforms Naomi's life. Because Ruth's chesed points to the source of loyal love, God. God is the one who truly demonstrates loyal love. God is like Ruth, only infinitely more with us. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. And God proved that again and again and again with Israel, remaining faithful to a rebellious people. God proved that in Jesus, who, like, who, who promised, like Ruth did to Naomi, never to leave us or forsake us, to be with us always, even to the end of the age. Ruth is God's answer to Naomi's silent question, where is God's faithfulness? Where's God's faithfulness? Ruth's unwavering loyalty and faithfulness turns Naomi back to God's unwavering loyalty and faithfulness. God is faithful to Naomi through the loyal love of Ruth. God is faithful to Naomi through the loyal love of Ruth. God proved it to Lauren and me through the chesed of other people when we were in the darkest place in our lives. When Lauren and I had two miscarriages back to back many years ago, in the second at, at 12 weeks, we were completely devastated. I can remember asking, God, where is your faithfulness? And it was through other people like Ruth who said, We are here for you. We will not leave you. You are not alone in this. Where you go, we will go. Where you stay, we will stay. People who held on to us like the crowd held on to that man at the bridge that we found God's loyal love once again. God used their loyal love for us to reach out and rescue us from a dark place. We needed their chesed to shepherd us to God's chesed. And it did. Just like Ruth. Transformation. Transformation happens through the loyalty we see Ruth show. The loyalty source from God's own self that we're called to exhibit in our lives. God is the source of Ruth's loyal love and the one who uses Ruth to reach out and redeem Naomi. A transformation in Naomi from despair and bitterness to joy happens through the kind faithfulness of Ruth. Let me tell you how the rest of the story goes. Ruth goes on to remain faithful to Naomi. When they get back to Bethlehem, she gleans in the fields as a foreign woman so that they'll have food. Her loving loyalty to Ruth, uh, her, excuse me, her loving loyalty to Naomi gets the attention of the landowner named Boaz, who just so happens to be a relative of Naomi. He's heard about her chesed towards Naomi, and frankly, he's astounded by it. He blesses her and lets her continue to, to glean in his fields with protection. Ruth tells Naomi about Boaz, and Naomi says, May he be blessed by the Lord who has not abandoned his faithfulness. You hear that shift? This man is one of our relatives, one of our redeemers. Do you see how Ruth's loyalty has been transformational for Naomi? Ruth then actually goes further and proposes marriage to Boaz. In those days, it was shocking for a woman, especially a Moabite foreign woman, 
to propose marriage to an Israelite man. But that's what happens because Naomi, because Ruth wants Naomi to be provided for, to have a home. Still loyal. Unbelievably, when Ruth proposes, Boaz says yes. And when he does this, he redeems Naomi and her family. Meaning Naomi and her family and inheritance and ancestral land would be restored and secured. Naomi, who came back to Bethlehem, empty, vulnerable, bitter, now full of joy again, taken care of, and soon to be with the grandson. When Ruth and Boaz have a son, the women of Bethlehem say, May the Lord be blessed who today hasn't left you without a redeemer. May his name be proclaimed in Israel. He will restore your life and sustain you in your old age. Your daughter-in-law who loves you has given birth to him. That boy, Obed, the grandfather of King David, which means their son also became ancestor of the king of kings, Jesus, who showed us the fullness of God's chesed toward us. And so we find the names of Boaz and Ruth in Matthew 1, the family tree of Jesus. It was through the loyal love shown through ordinary people that God raised up a savior. Ruth, the story started with a complete mess. And by the end, it's God's loyal love that has been transformational for Naomi because of Ruth. Isn't that the truth with our stories? And isn't it often through people like Ruth, through people like us, that God's faithfulness is seen? If you feel like Naomi today, you need to know that God is faithful. It might be through a Ruth in your life. This amazing woman shows that God can weave together our loyal love with God's loyal love to bring about redemption and transformation. Friends, when we practice a kind of loyal love like Ruth, we become a part of helping others experience the loyal love of God. And this is more fulfilling, more joy-filled, more enduring than any loyalty to a team, even in the heart of college basketball country. Because it, it might just change someone's life. May, may we be a people like Ruth, a people of chesed, loyalty born of love, each and every day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.